Welcome to a rare late afternoon on the line. Joe doesn't do late afternoons because he's much better in the morning. And I have to say, maybe I am too. So thank you for joining us. My name is Christina Kay. And I'm Joe Mullings. And I will admit I'm much more of a morning person than an afternoon. So I'm going to apologize in advance. I'm a night person, but I will say that uh, I do deplete during the day. So here we go. But hold on a second. Hold on a second. Um, what did you do Monday night? Oh, What's I your de- side hustle? Share your side hustle with our guests. Come on. I DJ'd. I'm also DJing next Friday. No, but it's not just DJ. Be specific about the type of DJ. I'm a very big snob who plays only vinyl records. And can you explain to some of our listeners what a vinyl record is? Because yeah. there's a large majority who weren't even born when those were out. So before you had MP3s, you had CDs. And then before you had CDs, you had tapes. And then before you had tapes, you had records. And somewhere in there, there were eight tracks. But guess who was my very first eight-track player? An eight-track player only had four channels. So you go click, 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 and they were only under the uh, dashboard. Wow. In my 68 Montego, which... So you had to really like the music you were playing. Yeah. Because like, all you could really Yeah, that, that was it. It's really crazy because on Fridays, I'm going to go until four in the morning, which means I'll be getting to bed when I usually wake up to come to work here. <laughs> which I'm sure is really good for, like, my metabolism See? and my brain. You're like a vampire. I'm going to be doing really well. We are talking about Joe's upcoming trip to Boston. There's a lot that we could be talking about because you're actually like going to not York, just Boston. New but York, San Francisco, wait, Miami, New York, San Francisco, and Boston in six days. And a lot of it's client-oriented, and so hopefully we'll talk about that in the near future. But one thing that's really exciting for us is uh, Joe is going for his second speaking engagement at UMass Amherst. Um, he talks uh, to this sort of... What's the exact t- title of the class? So it's the Eisenberg School of Business, and it's their entrepreneurial program. Um, Charlie Johnson, who's a wonderful man, uh, ex-VC, actually he's still a venture capitalist. Which is like, it's a fascinating idea that you would uh, prime young talent to go out into the world sort of sure that they're not going to put in the 10 years at such and such company, but they actually have a vision and a strategy for their life and career to go out on their own and follow their own sort of path and... Probably not a lot of people, even in that course, are really going to come out of it. But the ones that do, that must be like an invaluable experience to walk away with. So what I wanted to do is sort of maybe give a little bit of the highlights that you're going to be covering during the class for people that aren't enrolled in this program and you know would otherwise have no access, especially younger people who are thinking in terms of themselves being potential future entrepreneurs and what, yeah. what guidance are you getting? And you don't have to be going to university and graduating with a master's degree in entrepreneur or entrepreneurship, I've heard it both ways, in order to find value in some of these philosophies. And these philosophies are based on three decades of doing some very high-level coaching, but also being in the trenches with world-class CEOs that are running startups for Google, um, J&J. And so, you know, I've sat in the pocket, sat behind them, whispered in their ear, watched the outcome, and then have gathered just some thoughts that I'm going to share with the emerging entrepreneur. Right. And also, you know, we talk about this a lot, but this is not just valuable advice for those people wanting to start their own companies, their own ventures. But if you were to map your own career as if it were its own startup and you were the entrepreneur of your own career, 
you know, this is advice that you could probably apply individually. Yeah, that's actually life advice too. And you know, I'll sort of align that too. So, so uh, what are you going to tell the kids? <laughs> You know, that, 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 I don't do that anymore because <laughs> when we first started working together about a year and change ago, we were on a road trip somewhere and I referred to you guys as the kids. Oh, no, I'm not the kids. I'm the senior level talent. I'm oh, sorry. The class is the kids. <laughs> oh. What are you going to tell the kids? <laughs> I'm going to tell the kids. You know, the first thing um, <clears throat> we're going to share is around the subject of self-awareness. You know, it's, it's ultra important to make sure um, that if you're going to go into your own venture, you go into something that actually is driven with purpose and don't worry about anybody's opinion on what they think it will be or won't be. Don't let somebody tell you that it's going to be a wild success and don't buy in on that. And don't have somebody sort of tilt their head like the dog listening to the high pitch whistle and say that's never going to work. Um, because you need to uh, sort of modulate both of those. So self-awareness on who you are, what you are, uh, and don't sweat too much on what you're not and, because you can always hire a number two person on who you're not, right? So if you're a great creative, but you're a lousy salesman, go out and hire a good sales partner. Right. Who shares your vision? Who shares your passion and vision and understands it and gets it. Um, they might not get it as much as you. And, and, and we have to be clear about that is the people who sign up to work for you or your teammates with or your partner, you know, in like a real sense of the word. Please do yourself a favor. Don't expect them to have the same passion as you because it's your dream. And you'll only be disappointed if you're looking for everybody to be rowing just as hard as you. Right. And I think, uh, you know, it's one thing to, to find the people who want to drink the Kool-Aid, but you have to be the producer of it. And there can really only be one, right? That's right. And, and, and But you aren't all-knowing. Right. It's super important to know that, too. I, I have learned more in the last few years as I've morphed and evolved my leadership style um, from people, by the way, all were all are millennials, that I dismissed like what value could they possibly bring to me other than their horsepower and their work ethic, but the ideas. Um, so you've always got to be open-minded on that. Right. And, and, and there's no use in starting with an echo chamber anyway. You need, you should be surrounded by people who you can learn from. I mean, especially if you're an entrepreneur, now, if you're not actively surrounding yourself with people who you can learn something from, who can teach you actively, then your growth will hit a stasis. It won't, it won't continue to flourish. That's critically important. So I think a lot of people that you're going to be talking to will be millennials, right, in this, in this situation, mm -hmm. um, maybe potentially even younger, depending on how ambitious they were. But I think a big concern is finances, right? You you might have an idea, a, a really great one, and you want to pursue it, you believe in it, but you have sort of a, a fiscal scare. Do you have any sort of advice for young entrepreneurs who are worried about how to how to invest, when to invest, who to invest? Yeah. So great question. So the number one thing to remember is if you get an investor, whether it's your aunt or it's a venture capitalist, private equity, hardly not likely private equity, but a venture capitalist, or just uh, for those that know angel investors that don't ask for a lot in regards to sort of oversight, but they'll give you the money and they're hopeful for you and believe in you, is investments are not revenue. I, I hear too many people celebrate around funding when um, you shouldn't be proud of that because you just gave away a portion of your company and control and you have to answer to somebody now. And it's the same way of bringing a company public because the oversight and the reporting 
and the distractions of answering to who gave you that money are tough. So I would say on the money side, if possible, don't take loans or investor money. Live a simpler life. I, I have a very good friend, Jason Master, shout out to you, Jay, who is um, uh, uh, incredibly intelligent person, is opening up oyster farms on Long Island, um, and he's building these oyster farms in the Long Island Sound. He's a genius on the engineering side and the business side. And he has lived a minimalist um, since I've known him. I, I think Jay maybe has two T-shirts, pair of shorts, flip-flops, and now that he's in New York, maybe a jacket. Mm -hmm. So adopt a minimalist lifestyle before you start begging for money. And if you have to go for money, be super sure that you know who your investors are and what they bring to the table besides money, the good and the bad. Yeah, there's actually a really similar proxy to the film industry. Yeah. You know, every film is sort of like a, a mini startup. And and I think I've seen a lot of friends of mine make this mistake where they, they take the first money that comes. But, you know, nothing is free. What is the cost ultimately? Because it's not going to be time, it's money, gonna be time. It's going to be money spirit, back. energy. Right. And even just dealing with chemistry, it should be a right fit. It shouldn't just be the right amount. That's right. That's right. And when people invest money in you, generally, they're looking for an exit. Not all the time. Some people are interested in building a business that has sustainability to it. But what you've got to realize is before you take their money, you've got to know what it is you really want to do. And too many people try and build and time a transaction when that is the biggest mistake in the world because that is all behaviors mapped to a calendar date. And you've got to play a game that doesn't have an end to it. You've got to build out a business. You've got to build out the revenue. And what that means is when you have money and you don't have revenue, you have a burn, right? We call it a burn rate on the money in the bank. It's burning. And dependent on the speed and intensity of that burn, you can take a calendar out, reverse engineer that, and put an X on the calendar when you run out of money. And so what you've got to be sure is that you're mapping your behaviors to creating something, driving revenue one way or another, and then what that does is give you freedom and liberty to make more empowering decisions for the long game because short games rarely map out to success. It sounds like a lot of these lessons are really hard ones for young people because they're lessons of patience, which is something that you sort of learn through the process of living. And, and it's really hard to, to be taught. And, and also understand, you know, on that word, there are people who are entrepreneurs and we know who we are. If you're listening and you're nodding your head, you already know who you are. And then there are people who have entrepreneurial tendencies and they might be better off not being the point person, but being the number two person or mm -hmm. the number three person. You know, um, Gary V always talks about this. He goes, the person who was number 57 at Facebook has got more money than any number one person in a startup, right? If money is what you're going to, uses your your measure of success, right? So just make sure you know if you're dyed in the wool entrepreneur, if you think it's cool to be an entrepreneur, but it's really not burning a hole in your head to get your idea to the world, then you have entrepreneurial tendencies. So let's say these guys are going to start out on their own. They've either gone to another business for a little while or they just, they just know it, it's in their gut, or they have investors already. It seems like probably a big struggle is going to be a struggle that every company's having, which is acquiring the best talent, but these people, A, have no experience working as uh, a leader to that capacity or 
don't know how to attract the best talent, don't even know what the best tra- talent looks like because they haven't been in the industry long enough. What tips would you give to a young entrepreneur just into the business looking for the best in the best? Yeah, um, fantastic question. So I'm going to come back to the first point I touched on, self-awareness. So in other words, as simple as this, draw a triangle. At the top of the triangle, put you and what you're good at. And then on one point of the triangle, right, put the problem that you're trying to solve, right? Let's say your business is you're an artist because it's always easy to tell stories. You're an artist. You have a certain kind of skill set. Let's call it a photographer. And you're an unbelievable photographer, and but you're a lousy salesperson, right? So up at the top of your triangle, put photographer. On the left side of the triangle, on the tip of the point, put sales because you stink at sales. So you need to hire that because if you're not selling your photos, you're out of business quick. On that sales side, go out, find a friend, family, and chat with them. Like what makes a great salesperson? And what makes a great salesperson in the context of what you're trying to sell? And then on the other now empty side is your salesperson. And the two to three things that they must have are going to be what you interview for on that person. Don't make up the list yourself. You're only going to make up what you think it is. But if you're a lousy salesperson, that's not going to make right. You don't know. So that's that, part of the problem. That's <laughs> right. And then one other thing on that. If I had a startup, This is one of my first moves, so listen closely. Best-in-class talent on a part-time basis is a much better value than average talent on a full-time basis. If you have a key skill, something you cannot, should not outsource, go hire the best person and have them work 10 hours a week for you and pay them the full-time salary that you're going to pay somebody 40 hours a week for. It'll take you much further. And then eventually... You'll learn what that person's doing. You'll get some insight. And then either they'll fall in love with you, you'll fall in love with them, or they'll help you hire the person who's good enough to fill the slot. And now you've just made a deeper bench and you got the job done that you needed. Right. And that new person who you will have for 40 hours will now be coached by the person who was good enough to do it in 10. Shazam. Right. Bingo. Um, I would, I'm curious... Because you were working at another agency and you knew early on that you were doing it. The day I was hired, I told the owner two years I was going to leave and two years and four weeks to the day I left. And what was it? So you're saying some people have this entrepreneurial tendency and some people just simply are entrepreneurs. What was it in you that you knew you couldn't do the agency thing, no matter how successful you could have been? So from the day I was born, you know, everybody tells their stories. But I, I mean, I... My grandfather used to drag me around with him. He was a construction guy in New York City, and I fixed houses on the unbelievably wealthy North Shore of Long Island, and I, and, I, and, and I knew what the game was. At 14 in Long Island, I faked my working papers to get a Newsday route in the afternoon and a Daily News route in the morning. And then uh, at the age of 16, I think we could. Then I also washed dishes on Saturdays and Sundays. And then I went and got a college education, BS degree, and um, had an offer before my senior year was over and went to work and I just watched everybody come in, punch a clock and leave. And I knew I had more than that. So I knew I was an entrepreneur. I didn't have to figure it out. I don't think that somebody suddenly becomes an entrepreneur. So I guess lastly, I just want to know, yeah. obviously these, this is a very difficult challenge and there are many, many hard times that one would have to face. Was there ever a moment where you felt like, man, I don't know, 
And how did you pull through? Or if not, is that what makes a person an entrepreneur and not have entrepreneurial tendencies? Is that the difference? You know, you hear people use that line. um, When you figure out what you love and if you're able to do what you love, you're going to be successful. I think that's a partial truth. And here's why. If you're an entrepreneur, you're going to have potentially horrendous days. Like, I will tell you, I have stared at the ceiling in my 27, 28 years, wondering how the next day I was going to make payroll, and I had to put it on a credit card and pay 18%. I had to, that's what I mean, I had such a love for this that there was never a doubt. Romantically from the outside, it looks cool, especially to the young people, because it's very hip to be an entrepreneur now. Mm -hmm. You will think that you're not in love with it anymore. But stay home until the love comes back. And if it is your love, it will. And so that's that's really what's super important. So I never doubted my path. And it doesn't get easier. So just you just get better at managing it. In other words, the challenges I have today, 26, 27 years later, are much more challenging than year one. And more abundant. A lot of times, greater consequences. But you learn to manage it. And again, manage it meaning EQ, right? I'm rambling, but because it's so close to my heart, IQ will get you started in a business. EQ will allow you to sustain that business long enough to be successful. Because I have coached many, many, many people who started a company, um, but as soon as they had a transition from the idea to the EQ, the quote unquote soft skills, they crash and burn, or they didn't pick a partner that allowed them to pick up the EQ load. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is, you know, it's not just, yes, the the, the problems get uh, more intense and the consequences get more severe and you get better at adapting to them and solving them and coming out of them clean, but you also take the time to develop the team to do that. So EQ relates directly to leadership skills and managing a team of people and companies really are just a constellation of people and not a constellation of products. Uh, If you do have that IQ, EQ balance, you'll be able to, over time, find the right people that'll help you weather the storm and sustain it. I guess if you don't like that, then probably not. You're not an entrepreneur. Right. You, and, and here's another tell for an entrepreneur, okay? And this is true. Entrepreneurs, if they don't have a problem to solve, create a problem that is constructive for their business. An entrepreneur never, ever settles and like, okay, we're good. No, by default, what we do is we create a problem. We create a problem on a new market or a new solution we have to go after. Sage advice from you is I really empowered myself when I shared my vulnerability with my leadership staff and shared and they picked up where I potentially could not, because in the past I'd try and do it all myself. And they're all entrepreneurial tendencies, no entrepreneurs. So I'm really fortunate that way, or they are entrepreneurs, but I give them such global reach here that they are running their business within my business. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's it. If you want to see me live this upcoming week. Quickly enroll <laughs> in a university and then try to get on the late roster for this class and you can be there. Um, this is great. This is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you think so because we <laughs> recorded it. <laughs>
Once again, this has been On the Line. My name is Christina Kay. And I'm Joe Mullings. Have a fantastic day.